Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Building Sustainability Podcast with me, your host, Jeffrey Hart, a.k.a. Jeffrey the Natural Builder. Every fortnight, join me, as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers, exploring the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. Welcome to this episode 68, which is the second part of a two-part episode with Ben Kerslake, talking about insulation and condensation. If you haven't heard the first part, head to episode 67 first, otherwise this won't make much sense. Enjoy the episode. What do you think of insulating plasters? I started making my own actually just with perlite in the mm. lime and I quite, I do quite like them because I mean any insulation is going to take on moisture. Um and even when you look at um, the foam insulations like Celotex, for example, um, they they say you need to store them in a dry place. If they're outside, they need to be covered. Even they say they're completely impervious to moisture. Um, but it's because they they will um, they will absorb moisture. Um, and we know that uh, I see a lot of spray foam which is basically a similar thing, sprayed foam um, to fill gaps around fit windows. And it doesn't take long before it starts breaking down, especially when it's in the presence of moisture. So these materials can take on moisture um, and it affects their U value massively, which is why I've always thought um, putting um, where they've got Celotex put into modern buildings inside the cavity that is designed to be wet. It's designed to condensate and water runs down the external leaf of the wall into uh, a tray or out of wheat poles. It needs to be able to escape. So that whole cavity is always designed to be wet and you've got insulation in there that, that, that kind of degrades in the presence of moisture really. And, it's not just the fact that it can take on moisture, but it's also the fact that all those little gas filled holes, pockets, air pockets within that foam, um, the same thing can happen when those, when those, the air inside or the gas inside, um, when it cools, there is condensation happening within it. So there is damp able to, to, to be within this material. So it, it's going to, degrade its insulation and probably degrade it and, and it, it and probably it can break down so it's the same when you've got uh, wood fiber or a cork or something that can take on moisture um, if it's in a very damp area then it, it is going to degrade and it can rot so i've seen a lot of wood fiber that's been wet for a little while that has started to swell and break down um, and the same with the um, wood wool boards uh, mineral boards if they're kept if they're damp they will break swell and break down pretty quickly um so this is a problem with not just the the, the natural materials but the um these chemical 
uh, modern materials as well. So when you've got a problem with where you've got high ground levels on a solid wall, so externally, maybe, well, uh, possibly a basement or where your cottage is built into the back of a, um, a stone wall, or you've got, for some reason, you've got some high ground levels you can't really deal with, or you've had high ground levels and you reduce them, put a French drain in or something, and there's a lot of damp in that wall. Using an insulating plaster can be really useful. I mean, the insulation they use within that plaster is obviously it needs to deal with moisture as well. So a hemp, it can do the same thing. A hemp can take on that moisture and, and rot um, or expand, uh, just hold on to moisture, not very well. Even clays um, will do the same. So using something like um, uh, a perlite is is the next step up where it's just heated, expanded rock. So it's much less likely to to kind of, to to rot but then the next stage is the expanded clay beads or balls um because they're just they're basically a a brick but with lots of those little air pockets in so they're really good to use within a plaster as well Um, and you can get them from any size basically so it's a great big um 20 mil or bigger probably are these expanded clay beads but you can even get them de- in a plaster well well you won't put it in a plaster but maybe a, a <laughs> floor say. but you can get them so that they're like a hundred like 200 micron so they're powder it looks like you're holding flour or a powder but yeah. in in actual fact they're tiny expanded clay balls with tiny tiny air holes in them so they make an amazing uh, plaster but they don't degrade when they're wet because they're they're heated clay so they're they're basically a mm. brick material and then you've got the expanded glass um that you use a lot for the foam, foam glass yeah for for floors so you can get the foam, foam glass i think in really tiny so the, mixing that with the plasters is really useful and again then you have you've got your thermal mass because of the actual the binder well usually lime then you've yep. got your your insulation because of the the tiny air pockets within these materials but then it's still working with moisture really well so it's still as well as buffering the internal temperatures it's also buffering moisture levels inside like like what a good breathable plaster does absorbs really quickly and desorbs so you're just getting the the best of both worlds so they are really useful um for areas where there's going to be high levels of moisture. So you've got high um, ground levels are quite high outside or because you mm. never really, if you're doing external insulation with fiber boards and things, you never want that touching the ground. So whereas these, um, these plasters with materials that can deal with moisture, they can be in contact with the ground much more. So they're not so fragile. Yeah. I, you, you've talked about making your own there. I mean, I've only, I've not played with putting insulation stuff into into a plaster, but what I've noticed is that the the kind of products where you buy an insulating plaster product, they seem to me to be like a really hard NHL five, which I don't really want to be using. I don't want to be using NHLs that certainly not to wrap a whole building. No. Um, Firstly, they're horrible to use. Because they're just, there's no, it's, it's like using cement with no lime in it or no feb, um, the aerator. So it's just, there's no workability to them. So an NHL five is, is horrific to work with unless you're, tr- unless you start putting a, a plasticizer in it or something to make it more workable, some fines or something. So, um, but yeah, you just don't need it that, that hard. And I'm wondering why, why. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it does seem like that the sort of products seem to be this very, very hard lime. And I'm wondering if they're doing that, certainly with the hemp. I wonder if it's sort of, I don't know. I'm starting to talk about a thing I don't know about, so maybe I should stop. <laughs> well, no, no, it's, um, I think it's a, a lot of the time it's belt and braces. It's like, why don't the NHL lime companies make an NHL 0.5 or NHL 1? Because mm. that's kind of where it needs to be for for most for most old buildings. Really, that's that's what's going to work really quite nicely. 
But yeah, there's there's some there's some good ones out there. The um, Martin from Best of Lime, he mm-hmm. uh, he makes their insulating uh, warm coat is a it's a non hydraulic lime with uh, perlite in it, um, mm-hmm. and that works really well. It's a bit like plastering with marshmallow, though, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> I, Definitely. Do you know what I went? I did a whole like farmhouse where we were using that, and it's like you know I'm a I'm a pretty decent plasterer, and I didn't know what to do with that stuff. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> it confused the hell out of me. Well, actually, it's um, very different stuff. Using anything where I mean, and using using the same uh, chalk uh, lime with, mm. that's got no. Or anything that's got a very low amount of sand in it, it's the same. It's like it's very different to use. Um, yeah. But as long as you can get it on and get it to stick. I was doing a lot of like, I got it on, got it to stick, and then just floating it back or scratching it back to, to get some sort of like level and flatness. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure with a bit of practice, uh, and I know like some other people who are working on that job and they've worked on it longer, they sort of figured out some some techniques later on. I'm sure it's it's a doable thing. That's just yeah, I mean it was like that marshmallow whip stuff you get for your sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think did they did you do quite thick coats? Okay. I think with a lot of the insulation products, because they have got such a big aggregate in them and they often to be lacking a bit of stickiness, which is when I was making my own, I always struggled with because I wanted as much it's trying to get that um, trying to fill all the voids with the lime to make it just stick really nicely, but still workable. For some of the first efforts I did, I had so much, so there wasn't enough lime to stick it all together or, or whatever binder. So it just kind of just fell apart the whole time. And it was just like trying to stick right. it back to the walls. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that might be as well. That might be kind of why people are looking, I mean, looking towards using harder, harder binders, but I just, I don't think it's needed. And, and the speed, because you're going much thicker, the speed of sets, um, that's what they want. Um, cause even just using, mm. using a non-hydraulic without chalk or some of these stone dust, it's to really help with the, the drying time, they can just take so long to dry. So I think that kind of put using more of a, a, a stronger NHL for that speed of set might be, might be why they're going down that route but it's really not helping in the long run and a lot of the time if you've got a solid wall and you're insulating internally you really need to keep it working as a solid wall so if you for instance you've got some um you you panel it out and you put some insulation in the panels and and plasterboard or put some boarding on it's still where you've got that um that air gap that because there's a lot of air there in that that air gap um, and, and because it's going to change temperature constantly um, it's going to have condensation being created so wherever that air gap is it needs to be able to, to deal with moisture so it's where in my house the 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 person that lived here before me plasterboarded all the internal walls they didn't insulate they just just plasterboarded and whenever we take any plasterboard off, the amount of growth behind the plasterboard where that air void is, where there's been a lot of um, cond- condensation because it's that that pocket of air is is heated and then it cools down. So there's this constant um, heating and cooling and condensation creation every time it cools down. Um, it condensates on the back of the plasterboard and you get a lot of mould growth, which is those spores are going to get back into the um the living environment and i mean some of those spores from molds can lead to sick building syndrome and some really nasty asthma some really nasty things so it's trying to eliminate these um these these large air gaps um and and make the wall work as a solid wall still by putting your insulation right up against the wall so that when that water vapor um moves through the condensation and starts to cool down and 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 that the wall behind it can can absorb it and deal with it so having that the wall working well that's and breathing is is so important um even before you start insulating so that those cement renders those plastic paints externally need to be removed and and 
moisture needs to be able to escape. So the more you insulate, the more you need to think about allowing that moisture to escape. Um, because it's rather than happening, rather than the condensation happening on the surface of your internal wall, it's going to be going much deeper and condensating inside after you've insulated. So, um, do you ever use? Um, uh, do you know Ubacus? <laughs> Why? I could tell by your face. No. What the, what the frick is Ubacus? Um, <laughs> so it's a thing that it's a German website. Um, so it's U-B-A-K-U-S dot com. Um, and I used it in the design of my my house. And you can build a wall system up and you can sort of there's loads of products that you can select. And then you can you can set the temperature range internally and the temperature range externally and what the, the sort of average moisture content will be. And then and then so what it does is it it shows you little water droplets when we you know when there's going to be a condensation issue uh and it will tell you you know like is this a thing that's going to be dealt with or is this a like a problem yeah i don't that's know brilliant if, i mean i imagine you you must be able to do like brick it's all the materials i've looked for have been in there uh even if you do have to like hunt for them a bit because they're it's sometimes in german uh but um yeah so i did interesting things like i've got this uh vapor membrane and i wanted to drop it sort of into the middle of the wall so it was like hidden and by playing around with different depths of where to put that membrane in the wall i could see like it creates moisture problems because putting it like deeper into the wall so it's like less liable to get get punctured seemed like the great thing to do but it created moisture issues so like, all right okay well i'll just have to deal with it at the, at the sort of the top end but yeah, it's a really, really great thing, and it's a, a free pro. I'm not like I'm not a salesperson for them or anything. It's a it's a free program. I think there's a, some weird like clause where uh, to make sure that you're not using it for commercial stuff, uh, you're only allowed to use it after six pm. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody ever works past six. No. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Um, I'll send you the link. It's definitely worth. Yeah, uh, that sounds really fun. Yeah, I mean, well, like, well, interesting. Like to... <laughs> but and it also tells you like how much, uh, what your your heat heating delay will be, um, what the, the carbon sequestering will be. I'm a big fan. I used Excellent. it. You know, I, I played with so many different uh, options in this house to get you know the optimal. You know, I desperately didn't want to have any kind of dew point issues. Mm. Um, so yeah, well, because that's it. You're always going to have. Um, not necessarily dew point issues, but you're always going to have a dew point. Whereas that, because they're always going to have moisture moving through the wall, mm. because it's because those pressure differentials, um, moisture generally is getting driven into the walls to the outside, and just as it cools down, it is going to condensate. So it's like a lot of the timber frame. Um, I'm not sure if it's still the same, but when I was um, do my msc there were uh, we were going through for a timber frame building that the the there was an internal and external vapor membrane sandwiching the insulation and the internal uh vapor membrane was um five times more resistant to moisture than the external so it would be allowing moisture to go into the the internal membrane much five times slower than it was able to escape on the external just so so I'm not sure if you've got two membranes that you're working with on, on your home or. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Mick from the Mick and Pat show. That's right. And I'm Pat looking for a podcast. That's like catching up with old friends. Well, you're in luck. We're here to bring you weekly doses of lifestyle commentary, discuss culture and politics and top it off with the occasional beer and film reviews. But it's not just about us. We're a community. Our listeners are our kin, and we let you all have a say in what we discuss. So saddle up and join the conversation at The Mick and Pat Show. You can check out our website or find us wherever you get your podcasts. I do, yes. I'm, I'm using the, you know, the Pro Climber system, so um, that's all, it's all figured yeah. out. 
Um, so I assume that's that's what's happening uh, in in this system. Well, I'm not sure that was this was quite a long time ago. So I think it was just it was a, probably a belt and braces attempt to stop moisture being being stuck into the, the wall and causing yeah. rot. But because ideally you, your internal surface, you want it to be as absorbent as possible to deal with those um, that surface condensation. But if you've got warm if those walls are, are fairly warm and not cold and cold bridging, then you aren't going to get that, that same level of condensation, which is the problem we get when with these solid walls. So, well, I'll show you. So my, uh, my ceiling, uh, and one entire wall is this stuff internally. And that is, that's a great moisture buffer. Um, and that's the cork. That is the cork facade grade cork. Um, so I've wrapped three quarters of the building outside with that. So to cover all my, my cold bridges. Yes. Um, and then internally all the ceilings, uh, and sort of half of one of the walls. Yeah. I really liked the, when you've got, you've got the join between the timber and the cork externally. It was looking yes. very, very tidy. Uh, well, internally, uh, I've got the same thing because, I wanted all the, the my cold bridges to be covered. So externally where there's timber, it, there is internal cork. If that makes okay. Sense. Yeah. So it's sort of, you know, reversed. Excellent. Yeah. I've nerded out for such a long time <laughs> about this. <laughs> I just want to live in my house. <laughs> yeah. I'm fed up of nerding out now. Um, anyway, that's a massive tangent. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk lofts. I think lofts is probably the first thing that people should insulate once they've sorted out some draft drafting issues. Yes. Um, but I mean, what materials would you suggest as a, a loft insulation? Let's say, so first of all, let's say we're, you're just insulating like the flat, the ceiling, so the flat so you, ceiling. So then you're, you've got a uh, it's a cold cold roof, exactly. Which means um, that you're you've got a cold roof space, or your attic is is not insulated. So you don't need to insulate the roof because you're just insulating above the ceiling, so that your yes. attic space is still ventilated and cold. So so usually you've got a lot more scope for with you've got more space um to insulate um so using with our a sheep's wool would be really good so, i mean that just allows vapor to escape really easily um you've got plenty of space so it doesn't need to be such a, a high u value because you've got pl- plenty of space so that's kind of the easiest easiest one to, to go for um mm. maybe i mean some of the foam insulation um, we've talked about it not having the thermal mass, so sometimes not dealing particularly well with overheating um, and being able to store that heat. Um, but also how you fit it is really important as well because a lot of these insulation materials that come as kind of solid boards, um, a lot of them you can't really – some of them come – Some of, I've seen some of the th- um, thermal wood fibre boards have like a tongue and groove that you can fit together to that that draft so a lot of the times um when you use some of these boards there's there's gaps between them so you st- insulation levels great but there's still a lot of uh, drafts so using a actually using something like a, a sheep's wool where it, it actually deals with drafts really nicely and you can pack it into all those little gaps um so that i'd probably go using that that's it and using a combination can be quite useful as well so if you're um if you've got your rafters between your rafters with a with a uh, sheep's wool or something and then maybe over the top of the rafters you could uh you could use some of the um fiber boards or a, a closed cell insulation um you don't no we're just going to use wood for the no close no close yeah cell. yeah i mean it's like i'm going to say i'm going to say that we are only going to recommend the best i think and actually when you look at the best forms of insulation now I think I think some of the better ones are still open cell. I mean, are some mm. of the um, I don't really know much about them, but the Aeros, which is supposed to be the best insulation there is, is is still 
open cell and allows water vapor to move through it. Um, I haven't, I've seen uh, one of my clients was talking, um, we, we repointed the outside of their house and he wanted to insulate the inside. Um, and he sh- and we were looking at the, some of the aero gel. Uh, it's like a, it's, I think it's like a, it's a NASA thing, isn't it? Like I think it NASA developed it. Yeah. For the space, the space. Yes. Shuttles. So yeah. it's a, a silica gel kind of um soaked or carried by um uh, fibers so it looks a little bit like recycled um fabric or the sort of the recycled cotton you can get um and then it's got a board you can plaster on the outside it almost looks like a um an aqua board like a cement a cement mineral board um, Mm. on the surface but you just use like an expanding foam spray on your wall to stick the this kind of fibrous stuff to it so it just looks so you have still got an air gap and i'm not sure how well because it's introducing an air gap on the cold side of the insulation and between the the solid wall that's going to be cold there is going to be condensation there and and how that deals with moisture um and how that affects the u value i'm not sure so actually using using these materials that deal with moisture better that you you're not going to have these issues um and if Mm. there are any high levels of condensation at some point um then at least it can it it can absorb it and release it and not cause issues so i'm almost almost always looking towards using these kind of more natural materials because they they can deal with moisture better and release yeah. it better. A friend of mine recently did a loft conversion and spent quite a lot of money kitting it out. Um, and he put Celotex insulation um, carried within the, um, the 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 new kind of, they built uh, a stud framework inside the loft area so they could really fit it with quite a lot of Celotex. And then in the eaves, they put some storage, but then stopped the insulation. And he actually thought he had a roof leak because the amount of <laughs> con- condensation that was occurring on the back of the um, Celotex, it was so much that wa- water was pouring and running down the sides as if it was just, it was such, it was really interesting to see how much moisture can be created mm. just from that condensation and because it was literally pouring he was putting buckets um, at the end of the cellar text to, to try and catch this this water that was just being produced suddenly that wasn't noticeable before but as soon as it got insulated yeah. insulated and it was concentrated at those areas that it just really started to go and it's again when like we were saying with the cold bridge in in your walls i mean you might not notice it because the whole wall is is dealing with a level of a certain level of condensation but then you insulate and there might be one um either cement lintel or um whatever in the wall that's creating that cold bridge suddenly all that amount of condensation is focused on that one area and then that actually becomes quite significant um Mm. so yeah it was uh it was uh, quite interesting to go and see that it was basically raining inside his, his house. <laughs> I had a, a friend of mine on the boats. He, uh, he spent such a long time insulating his boat uh, with, with just sort of cellotexy foam stuff. And then, you know, as soon as it got cold, he had that same, you know, he said it was raining inside. It was, and uh-huh. it was so, he was so like beaten by it. So he pulled it all out and then had to make oh. sure everything was like really stuck to the, you know, he had to make sure there was absolutely no gap for that condensation to form. I mean, boats is a whole different thing. Because it's a metal. A metal. Yeah. Me- mm. I, mean, I just don't really think people should be living in metal boxes. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, but anyway, that's a completely different rant. One thing I did want to say, and this came up for me over the summer, um, is like it's really important. You, you sort of touched on it then. Like it's really important how the insulation is installed as well. So I did a, this video, <laughs> and I so I was trying to like, um, I thought I'd use this my my build to like make some instructional videos, you know, 
see if I could educate people a little bit about how you can build a bit better. And it stopped almost immediately because I did one video where I showed like, this is how you cut sheep's wool insulation. You put a board down on it, you compress it nice and tight, and then you like you run a knife down. And that gives you a nice crisp cut with like 90 yeah. degree angles. And then it fits in with no gaps. Yeah. And the amount of comments I got from people, you know, and I said, why, why you want to do this? Cause you, otherwise, you know, you get gaps and condensation and loads of people just said, Oh no, no, I just, I just rip it. It's like, well, if you rip it, all that installation is, is specifically designed and tested to get the right density. Uh, so that, you know, you're getting optimum performance. If you're ripping it, like you're some areas, you'll like rip out a little corner yeah. and, you know, then you don't have the density. And then, yeah, I got so many comments with people saying, like one person said, no, no, we just rip it. Oh, yeah. And they were like a building company. And I looked at their website and the first image on their website was them screwing down some board over the top of some sheep's wool insulation. And like they had a little, it was a, a sort of header box, I suppose, on, on top of a wall. Okay. And and you could see the sheep's wool insulation that had just been folded in Uh and like, yeah, you could see the gaps and they were like, yeah, the photo was, was them screwing boards on over the top. So it wasn't like that was in progress. That was their finished insulation product. And I was like, oh God, I can't deal with getting comments from people telling me I'm wrong when like that is their, their standard of work. And so I didn't do any more how to oh, no. and that was the end of it. <laughs> I was, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with sorting my own project out and uh, sorting everyone else's out, which is, you know, not the right way to do things, but you know, maybe they'll listen to this. Well, that's the problem with a lot of um, the kind of modern Celotex boards being installed um, that they, a lot of the time it is difficult to, to get them in. And they're a lot of the time they're, mm. you, they're really rushed. And when you're trying to fit them in between either uh, some rafters or um, when you're trying to fit them between uh, studs that you've put up against a solid wall, that seems to happen a lot. Um, Just watch George Clark. And (laughs) they're never cut particularly well. And they're difficult to to cut to get because the stud work that's put in is never particularly perfect. So it's, I mean, I hate putting uh, anything like that in, and I hate I hate plasterboarding because we're being dyslexic and then trying to measure random sizes of plasterboard that every every four every side is slightly different, and I just yeah it melts my mind. Um, <laughs> but they're never going to be installed particularly well, so yeah. So that's sort of. I mean, there's, you can get some of these tapes and things, but it's just it always, you might have a really good U-value, but the way it's installed um, and the, 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 the draft or the, the gaps are, are, are even more important than the level of U-value. So that's, some, that's why mm. we, when we were talking about doing the loft spaces and having something that was um, like a sheep's wool where you can, uh, you can kind of overlap it and, sort of counter button style it and then actually fit it into a lot of these edges to even though you might be packing it in um and squeezing it so reducing its 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 um u value because you're squashing like you were saying it's squashing those um those air pockets so reducing the amount of um the, the insulation the u value but you can fill those gaps and stop those those drafts quite nicely um, and then on the other side, using kind of lime to help fill those gaps as well. It's uh, so it's the definitely kind of it's looking at um, where you've got draft issues and and just going around your house on a windy day. I mean, I was sitting up. It was only kind of a couple of weeks ago. I think I had I was feeling a bit rough. I had a cold. I thought I'm going to go and read up in the bedroom and our bed. The headboard is back to a, a window um, a modern unfortunately window that's been fitted in um and i haven't got much hair and i instantly felt it wasn't particularly windy but it's like i am freezing it's like i can feel wind um and then i just so i just started putting my hand up around kind of the window and just the bottom corners of the window reveals 
I could just, the wind was just blowing straight through from one side to the other. Um, uh, so I need to pull the plasterboard off and see what's there, but it's probably not going to be a lot there as well. And then, so, and that corresponded perfectly with, because it was so cold because of this, this draft mold growth is happening on those by the window in those bottom corners. Yeah. So actually it's really, it can be really yeah. easy just on a windy day to go around and find out where you've got uh, little drafts, um, and that can be some of the, the the biggest wins you can get with with stopping heat loss. Yes. Well, we were going to talk about that, weren't we? Sort of like the order of business. Um, you know, I think you can't overlook uh, sticking like if you've got a leaky front door with a you know that's not not particularly airtight. Uh, sticking a big old curtain over it, like one that touches touches the ground and you know, goes all around the side. That the the sort of quickest cheapest way to to have a big energy efficiency uh win and yeah and obviously all this stuff like energy prices are just yeah. going through the roof at the minute so if you can spend 50 quid i don't know probably not even that on a big thick curtain and a curtain rail yeah i think you you would save that back yes, pretty definitely. rapidly at the moment you know that's that's obviously sort of fixing the symptom uh, if you can go straight to the the source and you know stop stop your leaky front door but as you say like going around on a windy day like i i shaved my face for november just when i was doing the air tightness in my house and it was fantastic like i could suddenly i could feel everything on my face <laughs> and i was like just sort of pointing my chin into little corners and being like oh yeah that needs a bit of air tightness doesn't it uh and uh, I mean, it, it's so simple. And uh, yeah, if you want to do it a bit more scientifically, you could do a, a you know a blower door yeah. test, and then sort of wander around with a little smoke pen. Um, but yeah, for the for the sort of average homeowner, just sort of you know sealing up those gaps around the windows. I mean, that's what we find a lot is because, especially with the old buildings where they've had PVC windows put in, or kind of more modern windows put in, where they've just. I mean, the amount of places, because I'm doing so much plastering and rendering, the amount of places we see where literally they are just stuck in with expanding foam, sometimes not even any screws. They're kind of wedged with a couple of like, there might be the odd um, wooden wedge just to kind of hold it in place for the time being, whack the spray foam in, done. Oh, that's and then awful. cement renders on the outside and yeah. the cement that the foam literally give it a year or two especially in the presence of moisture it, it crumbles and it's just it's dust um so then you, that's where you're getting a lot of air leakage um around yeah windows and doors um and which is why solid plastering is so kind of useful so if you just if you can just yeah. um do some line plastering around your reveals and the heads of the windows that you can just pack a really nice fibrous mix in there so there's lots of fibers so it won't shrink just to deal just to to stop this this air loss and um and just plaster up those and fill those gaps with with the with the lime could be really useful do you know what i might be saying i might be saying something that might offend you a little bit here but i would actually now I would go to the, what do they call it? Like air tightness, sort of a beading. Okay. So you can stick it to the window and then plaster on top of it. And the plaster sticks is like there's little holes in the beading. And that, because yes. I think there's always going to be a little bit of shrinking and uh, over time in in any sort of plaster mix. If you can yeah. like actually adhere the plaster to the tape, which is adhered to the window, you have got an airtight seal. And I think that's one of those occasions for me where using a little bit of plastic, you know, I, I would never advocate for using plastic in a building unless like it had a real specific uh, purpose. Yeah, I think there's, but yeah, it's, it's, you're always going to have that shrinkage and those different rates. So having something that is connected to the window is, yeah, is useful. So yeah, I might um, look more into that. And actually like the, uh, the hemp, um and like you know the ship ship building materials like the oh yes um, oakum oakum and yeah. um 
and burnt sand mastic. What's what oakum is like? Is it pitch pine and and hemp fibers or something like that? Yeah, I think sometimes maybe like a a, nat, a natural bitumen as well. Mm. Or so, yeah, but that's something similar that can that can move and yeah. be. But having like you say, having something attached to the window and then within the plaster as well, that is just going to stop any any air gaps. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of finding this interesting line in my own work where you know I think using natural material is really important and i think getting the most efficient building possible really important and you know where where do the compromises on on either of those sort of sit um to make you know the healthiest possible you know for the environment for you know climate for the occupant yeah it's a it's a constantly evolving thing and i've you know stupidly said it on a podcast now and it'll change in six months, and I'll have moved <laughs> moved my uh, yeah my my thinking slightly. But um, well, we're all all constantly learning and trying new things and seeing what happens um, and seeing the effects of of that. So I think it's everyone's always mm. um, always learning, um, which is yeah why having the the training centres been so much fun for me because I'm able to try the things out that i'd never be able to try on somebody else's home and so i'm i've learned so much from from having the training center and having students come on that sometimes they're homeowners but we've had a lot of uh, conservation officers architects and specifiers and structural engineers come on and i'm learning so mm. much from them and and actually just that the pooling of information and and speaking to you as well just the pooling of information is so important because i was kind of just working on my own for so long i was definitely felt quite isolated from the industry because i was just plodding along doing my thing yeah um especially when like any builder you meet is you know generally they will not have any clue about what we're talking about you know, you're sort of you know down Dusan's uh builder it's like what you know air tightness vapor permeability these are terms which aren't aren't sort of in the mainstream no. so to feel you can feel really isolated definitely yeah so um so yeah it's uh it's been really it's been really nice and it's and it's again because i'm i'm not an expert in in insulation and um and using it i, I do use it in my work but it's uh, so it's nice having this uh having this insulation month um where we can just get much a pool of um much more information coming from other people is just going to just speed up everyone's learning and and understanding about it but i think we seem to be always just coming back to using materials that have just got these three elements where they can um they can be breathable um have the capacity to take on moisture um hold it and release it um and also exactly the same with heat and then still have this this u value it's just having those three things that's what's needed not just for like your build as well not just for um for retrofitting but for new builds as well um where they're just you've just got all these elements so the way we um rate our buildings is completely useless we're just rating them in in u value sometimes air tightness but probably not particularly and it's how solid walls have got a really bad press with their ratings because they're they're tested just for u value and i think uh, who's to say a lot of these testings that were done on solid walls whether they were done on a solid wall that was working well and breathing and dealing with moisture or whether the solid walls the testing was done on something that was that had that was that was damp or had cement renders um i mean who knows the spab have been doing a lot of good work actually looking at um the performance of a, a well-working solid wall and how much better it is um, in terms of heat loss than than um, than how it's rated. Um, so it's not the most important sort of come to thing to for us to to think about is it's just not all about U value. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, so I just had a a friend of mine said, "I'm going to build a sauna. What insulation should I use?" And I said, whatever you do, don't use Solitex, Kingspan, something like that. It releases cyanide gas. I'm pretty sure I'm right in this. It's like when it's heated, it releases cyanide gas. It's like that is not a thing you want in your no. sauna. 
and to use to use something inert like if you have to use something cheap use a, like a rock wall or something like that at least it's you know it's it's not going to be and allowing allowing moisture to and escape then, again as well rather than just trapping it yeah i mean i i kind of wondered i didn't know if a sauna you'd actually want to use a natural like something that could biodegrade i wasn't sure about that and in one on the one hand it's like you know you have a high humidity moment when the sauna is being used and then nothing. So the material should be able to absorb it and then let it go. I was slightly concerned about it breaking down. Well, with the Celotex behind it, it's definitely going to be just trapping that. What that timber is just going to build up and just keep, keep getting wetter and wetter. And then you're definitely going to start to get some rot. Yeah. Well, so, so a few months later, he sent me a message saying, this is what I bought. And it's Celotex that's been promoted as four saunas. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, you know, don't believe the hype. Don't just because something says it's, you know, the right material. I mean, it's, it's hard. And we I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast. It's really hard for homeowners to see through what is what is greenwashing and what is, you know, them just telling you exactly what, what you want to hear. Because this guy was looking for sauna insulation. He saw yeah. a product that said sauna insulation. I was like, well, that's the one. But, you know, he's in, created a little poison box. And, of course, you know, that the, where the insulation's probably most important is around his heat source. He's got, a, I think, a little wood burner in there with, a you know, some sort yeah. of hot rocks to pour water on. And I think Celotex, is it 300 degrees? Okay. It starts to melt. And it's like... You know, a wood stove yeah. can easily get to 300 degrees. I mean, there's a there's a massive range. You've got such high temperatures, um, and that's what causes that internal condensation problem is the um, when you've got such differing temperatures internally to externally. The higher that difference is, the more condensation you're going to get within the building, and that condensation's. I mean, a lot of it's going to be trapped by the Celotex and not be able to condensate so much on the outside. So that I really would be worried about the damp in that timber. And if you did use uh, um, a even a, a wood fibre that might not actually deal with moisture particularly well, um, just the fact that even if there's a lot of condensation that happens within it, it at least it can escape um, and be able to dry. Mm. So which is not the fact with anything that's kind of trapping moisture, yeah. anything with foil on it. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway, <laughs> we will keep talking about doing it the right way. And then hopefully the rest of the world is going to catch up. Um, but I, so I wanted to finish on just a, how can people get involved in insulation month? So you can go to our website uh, at carringtonlime.co.uk we're also going to be doing a, um, a practical insulation. You're putting some wood fiber, fixing wood fiber onto walls and then plastering them to get a, a nice finish with some different materials. Um, so yeah, on the website. Um, and I think on the 11th of February, Cornish, uh, Adam from Cornish Lime is going to be doing a CPD and we're trying to get as many, a few more people doing some. Is that, is that online? Yes. Yes, and we're going to have some where people can actually come to the training centre, um, and we've got one. We've got uh, actually a damping old buildings talk uh, next Saturday at the at the unit as well. Not sure what date it is, but yeah, on the everything's uh, on the website. <laughs> Just check out yes. your website. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice. Many, many thanks to Ben for that lovely long chat. It's a good old time. Two builders swapping stories. Um, as he said, head on over to Carrington Lime to get involved with their insulation month. That is in February 2022. Ben will be in the Building Sustainability Community Facebook group uh, answering any questions that you have about this episode. So do get involved with that. If you're not part of that group already, search for Building Sustainability Community in Facebook to find us and join the conversation. And just time to say before I go, a massive thanks to all those people that have been sharing the podcast. I see a little jump in downloads every time you do it. So thank you so much. And a big shout out to Joe Hills, who told the good people of Twitter that she's taken up running just to make time to listen to this podcast. So well done, Joe. I hope you had a good run. Have yourself a nice rest. Until next time, see you bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.